I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. And welcome again to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism, written by writers from Colorful Backgrounds. Yes, Colorful Backgrounds. And this week, we'll be finishing our discussion of the fifth season by N.K. Jemison. Yeah, so I guess before we dive in, we should probably just do like a, like a real quick-ass recap of like just kind of like where we left off with the book and then like our predictions and shit like that. Yes, and just so you guys know, there is obviously a part one. So if you really want to know what everything's about and what we're talking about, you should... Definitely listen to the previous episode. Oh, yeah, the previous episode that exists and explains everything. Thank you, Akko. But yes, so where we left off last time, it was wild because basically, you know, so the story, we go into all this in part one, but there are these three characters, Eason, Demaya, and Sinai. And essentially where we had left off, like Eason had like met this boy named Hoa who like turned this like weasel ship called a Kirkusa into like a statue. And they were like, oh my god, like, this is wild. And then, like, Demaya was in the Fulcrum, the school for origins, and, like, she basically got some bitches, like, ousted forever on some, like, bullshit. So, like, someone got killed there, and it was a mess. And then Sinite was in Aaliyah with Alabaster, this, like, ten ringer. And she ended up lifting a whole obelisk out of the sea. And it was wild. So It was, in fact, wild. It was indeed wild. And, of course, after we finished part one, we made some predictions of varying levels of accuracy now that we've read part two. <laughs> varying is real generous, girl. Mm, but why don't we start with predictions? Marcy, what were your predictions? Okay, so I remember last episode I was talking about how, I mean, obviously the three stories are going to come together at some point. I was like, you know what, like, there's going to be some, like, huge climactic moment. And honestly, like, you start to see that, like, Sina in particular was like, yo, fuck everything going on in the stillness right now. Like, I'm so finished and done with these motherfuckers. So I felt like there was going to be, like, a huge uprising and Sinai was going to, like, low-key spearhead it, and, like, Demaya was going to, like, low-key be there as well, and then Eason was, like, low-key going to be involved as well, and the three of them would just become this, like, Steven Universe, like, goddess and, like, destroy the world. Um, right. Some tag team, Lord of the right. Rings. Right, and just, like, really put these bitches in their place. And right. then, also, I felt like whoever, whatever generation there was that created the obelisk would, like, you know, come back into relevance, and, like, it would be, like, a whole thing. So, yeah, what about you? I, okay, so I thought that the old post-sieves that had been destroyed in the past and that they thought had no importance or significance would come back and have some significance of some sort. I think I thought they would have more significance than they ended up having, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be of significance. I also thought, of course, that Demaya, Sinai, and Eason would come together in some type of way, like like maybe a Fellowship of the Ring type of thing, or, you know. Is that one of the rings? <laughs> so, I mean, I said something about rings, but you know, like, could have been Christmas songs. I, I was been... like, uh, I know of uh, the rings, so I'm just throw that out. <laughs> just... Um, yes, it is. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it's like because you were right, like, that's what, it, anyway. So, and then, um, I thought that Jija, my boy Jija, would come back into the picture and it would turn out that he didn't kill Uche. There was all this other stuff happening. He, there was a reason he took Nason, you know, and there'd just be like that nice family reunion. I mean, there is a reunion, but that's not the one that happens. So right. that's fine. Yeah. So, um, so I think we could confidently say that we like We're wrong. just entirely missed the motherfucking mark. Like Absolutely. the mark is miles away from the shit we thought it was gonna be. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Like, how the fuck do? How do we even jump into this? I guess we should start with probably the reveal, really, because that will kind of put right. all of this into context. 
Well, okay. I, I will say I did, as I was reading the second part, start to think that Isin might be Cyanide and Alabaster's child just mm. because she had the same line as Isin, as Alabaster with the children will be the undoing of us. And she seemed to be a very powerful, you know, origin who had lots of control. So I was like, bet. It's a lineage thing. No. <laughs> no, that's not it. Um, they're actually all the same person. Yeah. Yeah. Demaya, Sinai, and Eason are the same person. And basically, it essentially kind of goes through, I guess, now Eason's life um, right. from like start to finish. So Demaya is obviously her at her youngest, you know, in early adolescence. Sinai is who she was in her, like, I guess, 20s, 30s. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, Eason is who she is now. Now. And it seems like it's usually... Well, there is a line at the beginning of the book that only became clear after I read it a second time is Shafa says to Demaya when he first picks her up and takes her away from her terrible housing. Um, because, <laughs> Was it housing? Like, I mean, right. the barn? The barn. Like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, is she a cow? Got it. Is she a cow? Motherfuckers are like, oh, an oro gene? Oh, she can be with the pigs. Like, right. fuck this. Like, her own parents. Anyway. But, um, oh, my God. Gosh. And he says, he says, um, you know, forget about your past. Just leave all of it behind. Forget everything. And Demaya's first response is, you know, in the end, he was right. But then she goes, but I wish I'd looked back anyway. Mm. And you realize, oh, that's kind of her model of the world. And this changing of the names signifies that same, just keep going. Don't look back. You're a different person. You're a different. This is a different circumstance. Don't even remember your past life, which is ironic considering this family reunion that happens at the end. But we will get to that. We all jump there. So I guess just to kind of make this make sense, we should probably, I guess, start with Demaya, then go to Sina, and then Eason, and yeah, kind of just... Do all the things. Also, I know that last episode, like, the plot summer was long boots, so we're going to try to keep it a little bit more concise, but, like, you know, just just war with us. But, yeah, so I guess we'll start with, with Demaya. So, basically, you know, like you know, like we said, where she left off last time, like, shit went down with Crack and Jasper, and it was wild boots. So, now Demaya has no-ass friends, Maxie's, and no one fucks with her because they're like, oh, that messy girl that, like, got that person killed? Like, <laughs> we will not. And so, so she spends a lot of her time now kind of walking around the fulcrum. And, and, and in particular, she actually she spends a lot of time in this like main building where like a bunch of guardians are and there's like I guess like libraries and shit like just kind of like hidden information so she does this and like most of the guardians like don't really give a fuck they're like oh whatever like she's a grit who cares grits are like the youngest at the fulcrum they're students right so one day Demaya's like outside like walking with some bitches and like this like random girl who's like clearly not in origin but trying to flex like rolls up and like sneaks in line and she was like I'm sorry who the fuck who is this and like the girl like gives her a wink and it's like, shh, don't tell. And she was like, who the fuck are you? And it really felt like, at least when I was reading it, like, you know how when someone, like Superman, you know, he like puts on glasses and like curls his hair slightly. And he's right. like, no one knows it's me. <laughs> right. And Amaya like looked around and was like, you don't in any way right. like you belong here. <laughs> like this girl literally put on a mustache and was like, I'm hidden. And she was like, wow, like that mustache actually made you stand out more. It really honestly made me think about like Bojack Horseman, like that one character that's literally three kids in a yes. trench coat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, what's her name? Princess something the fuck? Yes, like, the cat character. <laughs> and everyone's like, isn't that just a child in a trench coat? And she's like, we really have deep connections. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like really deep and y'all just like, don't understand his like many layers and like meanwhile like the hands of his friends are like sticking out of the church right. like, it's like okay so this nigga has like six hands like he what's up clearly is a child <laughs> right. so this is the shit that she was on so basically come to find out this girl her name is Binoff and she's of yes. she's like her name she, she's from Yemeni she's from like this leadership cast so she's like pretty high up there whatever whatever 
Come to find out that basically she's looking for this artifact that kind of will explain the history of Yemenis in more detail. Because basically, long story short, Yemenis used to be this, like, really feared place, but then, like, kind of became the centerpiece of, like, our current day civilization. And I guess the that gap in history that tells that story is located somewhere in the fulcrum. Right. Especially in that main building that Demaya's at all the time. So Demaya on any other day, mind you, her friends literally, like... Like, crack got killed maybe the last chapter. I'm like, she's like, you know, I should probably not be messy. I should probably report this girl. I should probably not implicate myself in this bullshit. But then she was like, <laughs> or <laughs> I could stir the pot, keep it interesting, keep it zesty, and see what happens. I was so mad when this part happened. I was like, Demaya, I know that for you, this wasn't 10 pages ago. But for me, this was 10 pages ago. (laughs) And I just feel like the answer to, hey, do you want to do something that breaks the rules of the fulcrum? Is no. I don't. (laughs) For you, stranger who I just met five seconds ago. Who in no way is like implicated in any of this. And also, uh, let's just not confuse the same fulcrum that like iced your friend, again, 10 pages ago. 10 pages ago. Demaya clearly did not listen to episode one of Color Pages Book Club. (laughs) Because like, honestly, like, I'm just like, did we not? Did we not? We literally, okay, girl, but fine. So she's like, cool, whatever, bet. So the two of them sneak out in the middle of the night. They, like, go into the main building. They find their way into this, like, secret cavern that basically leads to this, like, giant pit that has all these, like, weird needles and shit. Weird. Right. And so I guess, like, and mind you, like, as they're walking, they're like, oh, my God, girl, it's, like, hella guardians up in here. Like, this is a wild. And then, of course, they find this, like, giant pit and they, like, get caught and have the audacity to be surprised. I, I was like, bruh, like, did y'all? Okay. Sis. <laughs> so they get caught by this guardian named Tame. And, like, being off immediately is like, oh, my God, I'm, like, of Yamina's leadership. Like, yeah. you spare me? Like, oh, my God. Like, mm. and like, she, like just, like, literally t- waving her privilege. <laughs> like, so hard. I mean, she does, like, she is, like, I asked Maya to bring me here. It was an order from leadership. And it is good because she's a still. And if a still asks you to do something, there is privilege there. And so she did, you know, low-key try to help Demaya out. But no one was really having it. Right. So, <laughs> so Tamei lets Binoff go. And essentially takes Demaya into her office and she's just like, she's like, just start speaking nonsense. And it's like, oh, like, did the, did the needles in the, like, hole speak to you? Like, what's, like, what happened? And she, meanwhile, she's like caressing her hand. It's like mad weird. And like, it's kind of implied that she's going to like harm her in some way. And then Shafa, of course, Shafa, this nigga comes out of literally the abyss, out of goddamn nowhere. nowhere. No one texted this girl. No one sent a carrier pigeon. She just rolls up and basically goes behind this guardian who's, like, speaking nonsense. And then basically, like, attacks her and, like, reaches into, like, the stem of her, like, skull and, like, br- like and, like, yanks out this, like... This like my, like this like device technology thing. of a kind. It's like a square technological right. like thing. But really, what you need to know is she's dead. She's dead. Yeah, it's like and that. And then Shafa literally continues the interaction as if nothing happened. As um, if nothing happened. And so basically, he's talking to Demaya, and he's like, "Hey, Demaya, like I know I gave you no notice and like no preparation, but like I actually need you to take your first ring test now because like, like on right the low, you're like." kind of a threat and like kind of on the chopping block like she basically was like in the bottom two and then like Shafa was like I actually kind of need you to lip sync for your life yeah. real quick and if you don't get this ring you actually will be iced just saying yeah Shafa um, made it very clear that you broke a very very right. important rule <laughs> and by all other means you should be gone but if you can pass this test with no preparation you can live so this is high stakes that's yeah it's, but um, but yeah. she's like, okay, well, you know, if I pass this test, I want a new name. Mm. Um, and she says, if I were to pass, I think my new name would be Cyanite. Like big reveal! Oh right. my god, Cyanite is Demaya. Look, at, I mean, look and at I that. literally screamed. I was like, ah! 
And meanwhile, N.K. Jemison was like, um, I'm sorry, did I not allude to this many times? Like, right. There were literally times where Sinai, in previous chapters, would, like something weird would happen, and she would be like, and then Sinai's hand cramped just ever so slightly, blah, blah, blah. Which is yeah. a clear no to Demaya, but I was like, I would read that and be like, that's weird. It continues. Like, it just, like, did not give a fuck. But to like, be fair, they break a lot of Origene's hands. They do. So I was kind of like, oh, she probably did something to get her hand broken, too. Right. Maybe she was being friendly with her other grits. Like, maybe she was trying to be a child. <laughs> right. She, like, um, explored the place around her. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how Demaya ends. Right. And so then Cyanite, who we now know, of course, is an older Demaya, for Cyanite, as you guys remember, she's in Aaliyah. She has... She's removed the obelisk from the ground. And basically, they get a message. And, you know, when I finished that section, I was like, oh, God, let's see what's going to happen next part right. two. And you get there, and they're kind of, like, just chilling in Aaliyah. Like, don't have any orders. No one's saying anything. No one has anything to do. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like crickets. And even cyanide's like, why hasn't anyone said anything about the fact that there's a pulsating obelisk in the sky that's hanging lower than obelisks usually do? And Alabaster's like, don't look. He's like, I don't know about that, but I know you shouldn't tell anyone that you connected with an obelisk. Just tell them you moved the ground around it and it came up by itself. You do not need them to know. In fact, he's like, don't tell me. I don't need them. <laughs> and you're like, Alabaster. And she was like, can you do this? And he, she, he was like, we're not talking about what I can and can't do. What you should do is not talking about this anymore. Right. And so, but it's like, oddly, while they're there, they're kind of like hanging out and they actually seem like a little bit at peace slightly. Right. Um, you find out more about Al Alabaster and how he's pretty sure that all of his kids are in nodes. And if you guys don't remember what nodes are, part one. Oh, girl, part oh boy. One. Oh my god. Oh but my um, god. and so they're kind of talking, and then and uh, you know, Sinai's like a little confused as to why everyone's kind of running around, not particularly concerned about this newly flying obelisk in the sky. Like, but niggas was really just walking around chilling. Like unbothered. the bitches were just like at the beach hanging out, and there's like a whole obelisk just rotating above like the creek. And I'm like, so no one. All I know is that if I pay rent in Aaliyah and an obelisk just came out yes. of the, like, out of the fucking ocean, I'd be like, you know what? There are so many cons. So I, I many. Heard, girl, I heard Tarima was cheap, bitch. Like, <laughs> let me just get my entire life and just get Go the fuck. Because like, what, what we will not do is, the, and then there's a stone eater inside. I'm like, what? Do you, I, I, I. Yes, <laughs> but that's why we're not in. Right. That's how we, we don't live in Aaliyah. Like, <laughs> we survived. So, <laughs> so, so they're you know contemplating the town's you know passivity when they. <laughs> From a distance, see a guardian just standing at the edge, and and Cyanide's like, whoa, 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 whoa why this? Why is any? You know, you know, the guardians are always creepy, but the fact that they're there is never a good sign. So Cyanide's like trying to use logic, and she's like, yo, we we did what we were supposed to. We they sent us here, and Alabaster's like, you you do know they're like political groups too. They have fractions. They have difference in opinions. Right. One of them has decided that he needs to roll up on us and figure out what's up with us. And he's like, you better not let them touch you. <laughs> and yeah. Cyanide's like, wait, what? And and that second, the Guardian's already, like, coming quickly towards them. He, like, says the name of Alabaster's Guardian. All of a sudden, he touches Alabaster. Alabaster's down for the count. No origin powers. Cyanide's like, great, awesome. Lifted the obelisk by myself. Alabaster was poisoned. Guardian comes down. <laughs> Alabaster gets knocked this out. This nigga's on the ground. God damn. Like <laughs> Awesome. So she She's like, Amazing. what am I going to do? And he, the Guardian had managed to um, corner them in a way that they couldn't use their origin powers because right. they were by the coast, by the water. So she's like, um, 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 um. And she's like, you know what? That's an obelisk. I'm an origin. Pulls the power from the origin. And 
It's almost like she's talking to the stone eater who's inside the origin. The, the obelisk, you mean? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The obelisk. Yes. She suddenly like starts talking to the the stone eater who's in the or the the obelisk, and <laughs> <laughs> so many O's. Oh, goddamn words. <laughs> um, and and she's like, "Are you?" Oddly, she's like, "Are you okay?" As because she's not being chased by a guardian who's about to kill her, but that's fine. She's like looking at this the stone. You're like, Are "You good?" And he's like. Yes, thank you. And then all of a sudden, like, the scene goes, like, black, you know, like, the, the the chapter moves on. And when you come back to them, they are on an island, on an island called Miov. Mov? Miov? M-E-O-V. Right. Yes. <laughs> we will spell it. And they wake up, and she's like, can't use my origin powers. Don't know how I got to this island. Alabaster, weirdly six feet away from me. Right. Strange. Just Where sitting, the fuck am hanging I? Hanging out. There's a stone eater up there, a new one that we hadn't seen before. And she's never been introduced. Never, never been introduced. <laughs> not one time. And Alabaster's like, oh, yeah. <sighs> Wakes up uh, once again, is not confused about what happened. Is like, um, of course, that's the stone eater who brought us here. Oh, just brought us here. Okay, thanks, Alabaster. Going to explain that anyway. So, and he's like, <laughs> all right. And so, oh, so they like, they're looking around the island. They realize in the distance that. Aaliyah is literally on fire. Literally on fire. <laughs> and they're like, and she's like, oh boy. And Alabaster's like, wait, let's just like go find civilization. So they're looking around and they kind of find like the best civilization. Like Loki, the best ever. place on the fucking planet. I was like, when when they started describing this place, I was like, hmm, Expedia, right. Velocity. How do you spell Mio? Oh, M- is it near Croatia? Like, you like push the search button and it's like fantasy. Fantasy. Right. <laughs> So, I, I feel like N.K. Jemison knows something that we don't know. I think there's mm. like some uncharted land out there. So, like, honestly, like, I just need her to, like, release those details right. to us. I mean, but the reason why we're both gassing this place up a lot is because, essentially, it was this, like, this, like, very communal, like, super open space where, like, basically the people of Miov, like, they're, like, this pre-colonized community that, like, have existed, like, long before, like, the current Sans empire. And so, like, their livelihood is that they're pirates. You know, they live on the sea. And so they basically go out and just, like, rob motherfuckers. But, like, you know, it's a deeply communal place. Like, people's, like, children are, like, kind of raised communally. Like, you know, there's all these, like, like every meal is basically, like, a communal space. Like, in terms of, like, sexuality and gender, it's, like, very open and, like, amorphous. And, like, it just kind of allows people to just, like, be themselves in a way that, like, it's implied that science isn't necessarily as open with. And also, most importantly, like... Orogenes are, like, revered. Like, they're recognized for being, like, the most powerful, like, the most interesting, and, like, also extremely vital in the work that they do as pirates. And so it's a space where, like, Sinai yeah, and Alabaster because they can, don't like, have to, like, you know, they don't have to co-switch or, like, flex. Like, they're not Orogenes. Like, they can just, like, be who they are. Yeah, and it's, like, so what's really great about them is because they can, con- well, Alabaster and Sinai can't, but because they can kind of, like, control water and stuff, they can, like, put down fog and make sure the right. ships don't see Disrupt them. Disrupt the land. Da-da-da. Right. So everyone's like, oh, this is perfect for robbing people. Right. So so what happens is Enon, who is the leader of Miov, this sexy-ass, <laughs> fine-ass Enon. I know this nigga is not real, but, like, I'm like, oh, I, I just, I, I, I. We will talk about it. He just we'll talk about it. <laughs> He comes out so he comes out for the ship. Like he get gets back from the ship. He he was I guess pirating with his fellow pirates. Right. And he comes out and he's like joyous, black boy joy, has dreads and like this bright smile. And he's like everyone's talking about how he comes back and everyone's excited to see him. And he starts telling stories and mm-hmm. you know, everyone like communally comes together to hear what he's saying and you're like, ooh. And so then what you kinda notice is that low key 
High key, actually. High key. <laughs> he he has a thing for both cyanide and alabaster. And at first you're like, is this going to be a conflict? But it's not. It's not a conflict at all. Miove is, you know, everyone's communal. So it ends up just being this kind of litty, moderately healing polyamorous relationship between the three of them yeah. and it's really cute and adorable and they have a kid cyanide and alabaster and um what's his name Corrid- corundum 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 yeah and he's like a very powerful origin and everything's going well like people are raising corundum communally so honestly like no one's really that stressed alabaster loves his kids so then cyanide's like i got nothing to do i'm, I'm kind of bored can yeah. i go on this pirate ship with y'all like i'm a fourth ring origin like i i really gotta use these powers <laughs> this, is, this is all i do is like read books and study origin right so <laughs> to be fair <sighs> enon called it enon said do you really want to go on the ship? And she was like, I do want to go on the ship. And I was like, okay, that's fine. They get on the ship. They rob a pi- the pirate, like the other ships. They're doing a great job. Everything's fine. And then Cyanite's like, do you mind if we just like stop by Aaliyah? Just like real quick. Just like real quick. And Eon's like, <laughs> e- Eon's like, well, have you considered not doing that? Have we, have we thought about just going home? And she's like, I kind of just actually just, I, I, I would like to go. And he's like, okay. And he's like the same Aaliyah that's in the distance that we know is still on fire. Is on like fire. You, 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 that one yeah, like, is the like, one you want to go to. Okay, right, great. You know, it's like there's no, we can't rob anyone in a burning city. And she's like, right, right. And so he turns the ship around because he loves her. <clears throat> First mistake. <sighs> and they get to Aaliyah, and she's looking there, and she looks around, and she's like, I feel really bad about how this place is on fire still. Which, by the way, it's been two years. Right. Two years. And no one's no one's quilled the fire. The fulcrum hasn't sent any origin to fix it. That should have been someone's red flag, but it wasn't. So like, The fulcrum literally just... Le- like, just put that into context. They literally have a space for origin specifically. Like, one of them could have taken a month-long trip and gone to Aaliyah. But they just let it rock for two years. They did nothing. Yeah. So, Cyanite, being oh, the good-hearted person that she is... Quills the volcano, volcanic eruption, and you know, steadies the area. She's like, uh, by the way, almost sinks their ship when she does this, right? And it's so funny because one of the others still is like looks at Inon, Inon, yeah. Inon, and he's like, um, tell her she wants to use that power. Can she do it on land? Because she literally just started a tsunami and we were about to all go down. Right. And I was like, that's real, that would have been me. I'd be like, did we need to come back to Elliot? No, um, <laughs> did we need to do that? No. Um, oh, so, you love her? Um, that <laughs> seems like not a great reason for all this. But that's fine. Right. <laughs> so she does that, and they're going back. They're going, they turn around, they start to go back home. And at that moment, Cyanite feels like she sees um, someone out of the corner of her eye. And at that point, I knew something was up, but that's fine. So the next day, everyone's happy. They're, they take, Kor- they call him Koru, right? Koro. Koro. Really I know, it's so adorable. So they take Koro, and everyone's actually like, let's go up to this hillside and rest and bask in the sun. And Alabaster and Cyanide are talking. And Alabaster's like, you know, if you want to leave me, like, you can leave me. Like, wait, this was really a forced relationship, but like, we're all happy now. Like, you have a kid, like, it's fine. And everyone's like, you know, just being happy and then all of a sudden what do you see on the horizon are those ships haven't been ships here before literally zero ships have come to this <laughs> island oh who's on those ships oh it looks like oh those red burgundy coats oh yes that that is what is oh okay so oh, the oh, guardians a fleet of guardians are with cannons oh my god amazing with cannons thank you so much like, <laughs> and you're like oh we should have known when it was a sunny day outside so they come to the island oh, and you think okay you know what you've got three origin here one's a ten ringer one's a four ringer you can do this but so they start throwing rocks and then you know the 
guardians bring out cannons and that kind of changes the game up and they're shooting and then but you but you think maybe they still have this they can still do this except the stone eater literally and i got so mad when i read this part <laughs> literally Cyanide and Alabaster standing next to each other. The Stone Eater just sinks him into the ground <laughs> and absconds with Alabaster. And I was like, no, really? And as he's like <laughs> floating down into the dirt, she's like, he's like, don't let them take my son. And she's like, Alabaster, Alabaster, like, you actually can't leave me right now because I cannot fight these people on my own. And he's like, I'm, I'm sinking into the ground. Whatever request you have, I cannot help you. And so it's like, God damn. Like, she's just like, okay, like, I'm sorry. Like, you want me to lift the lavalist, this bitch gets poisoned. Blah, 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 blah. All this shit. This nigga is literally never around when he needs her. Every time. And so, then it's like, Mayav is under attack, and like, oh, so your stone eater just wants to, just wants to grab just, you. Just you. you not just, even. Not, not, not save anyone else. Just yank you specifically <laughs> into the ground. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Like, it's a mess. It's so frustrating. So, she's alone, and obviously, guess guess who shows up? Just guess. Oh, our boy Shafa. Oh, Amazing. You're like, Shafa, really, really? And he's like, hey. Oh, God is good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and he's like, long time seed, I mean cyanide. And you're like. Okay, that was shade. Right. Like, that, uh, cute for you. Right. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, is that, look at that adorable little baby you have there. This is, this is an adorable little little child you have there. Oh, because by, like, by the way, Koro is on the ship where all this shit is going down because he refused to be left with anyone else. So yeah. He was like a baby on the rapidly sinking and being defeated ship by the Guardians. So, yeah. They're not on a ship. Yeah, Enon, Enon was on a ship. He was, like, they were trying to, like, sail through. Like, Alabaster had, like, lifted this wall, and, like, Enon was, like, trying to sail through it, and, like, he was, like, under... I had no idea. Wait, what? I did. I thought they were on land. And she was oh, no, they were, they were I on thought she was in a house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to my knowledge, they're on a boat. I mean, you boat. always remember the stories better than me, so they were clearly on a ship. Anyway. But, yeah, sorry. No, well, I mean, so they're on a ship, and... <laughs> <laughs> and um and Shafa shows up and he's like that's a really cute baby and she's like oh no and she really contemplates she's like all of Alabaster's children are in nodes and I don't want my child in a node and she's like I can't do this anymore so she sees the obelisk in the distance and she's like I've done it before so she takes that energy from the obelisk and Alabaster warned her that like the obelisks are very powerful and it, she might destroy herself if she uses it and she uses it regardless and she destroys everything probably not Shafa he'll probably come back sometime but her child's dead the boat full of people is dead She's just floating on the water. Miav is probably destroyed. Miav is is destroyed, and um, but unfortunately, or fortunately, or I think she was like, unfortunately, I'm still alive. Yeah. Well, fortunately for the story, Cyanite now Eason is still alive. Yeah, and so and it was really wild because like I mean they I thought that was a really impactful scene too because you know basically Cyanite was like I, like I know that like my child is going to live this life of servitude like if you get your hands on him and like I just I would literally rather him just not be alive than to experience the life that like Alabaster and I had to endure and I'm just like my god because like queen respectability politics at the very beginning she was like queen fulcrum and then she was like yeah girl no like I would actually rather death than this shit which I'm like god damn oh my god that was uh yes but it was very intense but Eason so Eason's part is like fairly quick like not too many things happen i mean basically so we find out that the calmless woman um her name is tonki and basically like she joins isan and hoa on their joy on their journey and like so like at first you know hoa was like oh yeah girl like don't worry i totally know where jija is i super know where nason is girl i got you girl i got you and then like so he's like leading them and then after a while he's like 
Like he like really just like was becoming less and less decisive because at first he was like yeah girl take a left here take a right and then he would be like texting his friends like girl I don't know where, where are these like, like I don't know what's going on like he like he knew he could feel a lot of oral genes in one place but he like was having a really hard time like finding out finding them it was yeah. kind of like um you know when you're like maybe if you're not from New York but if you're from New York when you're going through all the alleyways and at first the GPS is like super clear you're like okay turn left on 5th street and you're like turn right and then all of a sudden he just shows up like GPS lost and you're like um, um, that's how it felt. What the whole world? like? He was putting his phone up in the air, like right. trying to get a better signal, and it wasn't happening. But yeah, but eventually, but eventually, they land on this com that like is essentially entirely underground, and it's actually led by this woman named Yeka, who's also an origin herself. And like Yeka's like hella unabashed, like super unapologetic, like gives no fucks, and is very much just like down for the count, and is like, and basically lives in this community that's essentially just stone eaters and origins. And so, at first, like. Ethan and them kind of get a weird vibe, but then Yeka kind of shows them the community, and it's essentially this, like, underground community that existed before. It's, like, right. been there for, like, a pretty long time. It's a town that essentially runs on origin energy. Like, it has these, like, mechanisms and devices that, like, only work when an origin is in power. Because, like, previous people have tried to live there, but they, like, get suffocated underneath the earth. It's almost it like... It doesn't function as well. Oh, right. It's almost like if, like, a water bend, Like, a town that was built on, like, water bending or earth bending. I'm sorry for the Avatar reference if no I one understands that. it. Thank you. But, um, like, so if, if like, a train that uses earth bending to run, but there are no earth benders or right. something like that. Like, it's not the same as the nodes where they're... um keeping them strapped up. It seemed like Origins just lived there and ran it. Yeah, so basically, so they end up living there after a while. And, you know, like I said, Ethan and them are kind of getting a weird vibe. And so come to find out, like, hella shit just, like, comes out the woodwork. So basically, like, they're living there. And Ethan confronts Tonki one day and realizes that, like, Tonki is enough from, like, the same girl that, like, jumped into the fulcrum and tried to, like, flex like an origin. That same girl, that's Tonki. Like, she came back. And, like, Ethan was like, I'm sorry, like, why, the, what the, wh- Who what are the you? fuck? And then Binoff was like, oh, um, on the slick, I've been following you for decades. Um, but I just, you know, I just, like, was really fascinated by you. Didn't want you to know that I was following you, but, like, still kind of wants to keep tabs on you. And, like, Issa was like, oh, wow, that's really amazing, but, like, what the fuck? And so, essentially, she was saying that, so Tonki actually is, a, like, a geomess. They're basically, yeah. like, scientists. And she noticed that, like, a lot of obelisks were, like, gravitating towards... One direction. Like, one direction towards Eason specifically. And so she was like, oh, like, so she was like, so it's not like I was stalking you. I could just kind of guess where you were based on what the obelisks were doing. But she also noticed that around the time that Uchi was born, Eason's son, like, that's when the obelisks were kind of accelerating in their speed. And so that's when she was like, okay, like, so I made this whole plan to, like, be calmless and, like, flex and then, like, run into you at the water thing and, like... But then I saw the Kirkusa and I was like, oh, these niggas isn't real. Let me just, let me just... And so here we are. And then Eason was like, um... That's elaborate. That's, she's like, honestly, I really got to respect a bitch that was really willing to put in that much work, like, to follow me. Jesus Christ. And so that happens. And then in the same, like, breath, she, like, confronts Hoa. And she was like, yo, like, are you a stone eater? And he was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, that was, that was easy. Was really easy information to retrieve. And so she asked him, like, hey, like, I don't know, like, why are you here? And he was just like, you know, I just, like, like you. Well, he says that, but earlier in the book, you realize that when she did that manipulation of the obelisk, apparently, like, at that point, it sent, like, for when she destroyed Aaliyah, it sent, like, a pulse out into all the stillness. And all the stone eaters actually were, like, converging on her. And um, Hoa, like, goes, I fought them all off. And you're like, 
Oh, Eason doesn't know this, but she, we know this. We know this. And it's so interesting because actually when Hoa and Eason first rolled up on this new comm, there was another stone eater there. And like Hoa and her immediately had beef. Like, like instant beef. Like. I was like, well, this is some like Jay-Z and Nas type nonsense. Like <laughs> some, you know, 50 Cent and whoever he's beefing with type nonsense. The world. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So, so right. So you're like, interesting. He's like, I just like you. And they're like, yeah, we know. We know this. What is it? Subtext. Right. So that happens. And so essentially after that, you know, Ethan like goes and takes a bath and is like chilling. And then Lerna, literally a nigga from like page 12 who like lived in Tarimo and essentially was the one who got Ethan out of her house with Uchi. Because basically when Uchi died, like Ethan was, was just in her house for like three days, just like looking at his body. And so Lerna was the one that like got her out and was like talking to her and stuff so like they're like friends he's like a doctor or whatever but he has not been around since page 12. oh yeah and like Ethan has like literally not thought about no. this bitch since then like at no point was Ethan like what are learners doing like she literally was like never i'm just trying to survive like who is that <laughs> anyway so he just rolls up in this underground comm and she's like how did this even happen like what the fuck is going on who are you right then at the same time hoa rolls up and it's like hey um so, like, Alabaster's here, like, I don't know, want to talk to him? And she's like, okay, some niggas is really just coming out. The what works? Like, got it. Like, she's like, I'm trying to, like, change my life, be a different person. I'm trying to move lead. on. And all these hoes from my past are just, like, jumping in. Which I actually think is so, like we said earlier, like, her whole defense mechanism is not having to rectify her past with yeah. her future or her present. So, to see her have these different names and these different, for her blocking off certain parts of her life and keeping it very categorical because we did not, Easton has never mentioned having a child before Uche. Yes. Has zero times mentioned this, which you would think she would have, or Alabaster. She never says anything about Alabaster except for children will be the undoing of us. That's the only reference she ever makes to him. Come on. She doesn't talk about her hand hurting, nothing. Yeah. Um, But to have her suddenly have to confront every single part of her life at the same time at the end of this book, you're like, that's intense. Right. So it was just like wild. And I actually really want to talk about that theme, but just super duper quickly. Like, so basically Alabaster rolls up. She talks to him. Antimony, Alabaster's like stone eater is like weirdly there. And so basically Alabaster's like, hey girl, by the way, so you know this like season that we're in right now? Um, Yeah, girl started it. Like Alabaster is like what's her ass antimony like they literally started the season alabaster like, he, stone eater the one who keeps take who saved him and left everybody else when they're on Aaliyah. i mean uh Miov. yeah so basically so like alabaster literally started the season he was like yeah like i just like sent this huge rip that destroyed your minis and like fuck these niggas who the fuck cares and he was also like oh yeah by the way i remember what happened with our first son and like you could have not done that High key. Although he's like, I understand why you did it, but I'll never forgive you. And she was like, wow, yikes. And then, so like, she was like, um, so she was thinking like, oh, I don't know, maybe like he's trying to like, I, I don't really know what she wants me to that. fix like, it. Right, whatever. And then basically he was like, I actually want you to make this worse. Like, I actually want you to make this season worse for all these people in the stillness. And she was like, what? And he was like, have you ever heard of something called a moon? And then that was how the book ended. And right. I was like, wow, this is. This is where we're at. But let's take a really quick break and then we can just come back and yeah, talk about our thoughts and feelings and all the things because, oh, girl, there's so much I want to talk about. So we're back. Okay, so... There's a lot to talk about with this shit. I guess before we talk about our, like, very specific thoughts of the book overall, there were just, like, some things that we wanted to talk about. 
And girl, let's start with this reveal because like mm. this shit was wild. Like it was real subtle and like real low key when they were like, oh yeah, all three of them, <laughs> the same person. And they didn't tell us all at the same time either. Like right. we find out that Demaya is Sinai and then we actually find out that Eason is Sinai when Hoa shows up and says, oh, by the way, Alabaster's here. Or, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And then basically in the, at that part, we actually didn't even know what happened at the end of Miob. All The last right. thing that happened with Sinai was that she had gone to Aaliyah. So I was like, wait, so hold up, like... Alabaster's back. How the fuck? What? And so it was just one of those things where it was like, okay, so clearly some shit went down. It's, right. It's a mess. Which builds so much tension when you right. start to read that chapter because you're like, all right, you know, last time when she turned to Sinite, you know, some some crazy stuff right. happened. <laughs> so I'm assuming this doesn't go well, especially since, you know, Eason doesn't talk about Alabaster and doesn't talk about her son. So. Yeah. So I was literally eating the pages when I was reading it. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to see what the fuck happens next. It was wild that Eason at so many different times of her life just like completely dropped everything and everyone and just like became a different person. And it, w- it was fascinating because in, the, in a lot of ways, and I think that this is kind of explored in the book a lot, like just this idea of like death or like being perceived to be dead. Because for example, when Sinai and Alabaster were like on that island, like the Guardians thought, for all we know, thought that they were dead. And like it was one of those things where they can never go back to the fulcrum or go back to humanities because like... If so, they would be blamed for everything that happened in Aaliyah. And so in a lot of ways, their being perceived as dead was like the greatest freedom that they yeah. ever experienced. And similarly, I guess when Eason, every time she redefines herself, she's like, here's my new name. Here's my new past. Here's blah, blah, blah. Like even at the very beginning, like, you know, when she lives in Torimo, like she's like a teacher. She's super low key. Like she's very much just under the radar. And it's like, I don't know, like it's, I understand you know, as a response to these, like, very traumatic events, these, like, huge happenings, like, it's just so much easier to just, like, be a different person. But sometimes I wonder if Eason actually, like, if she legitimately thinks of herself as a different person from, like, all those different previous iterations of her life, or if she's, like, if it's just all, like, something she's, like, feigning for, like, public perception. Like, she's, like, mm. trying to be read a certain way, but she understands and knows that, like, who she was as Demaya led to who she was as Sinai, who led to who she is today and then also i wonder too because even when like you know lerna comes back in alabaster it's like like what are the ramifications of this kind of redefinition onto other people right it's like, if those people were part of those previous chapters it's like you it's like you become a different person quote unquote you're obviously still the same person but it's mm-hmm. like you disassociate from everything that you ever were to the point where it's i don't know it's, I don't know, it's just it's a it's a coping mechanism that's like i mean clearly effective to a certain extent but also right. it's just like enormously isolating and kind of a similar way that Miav was. Right. It was. That's a good point. It's quite isolating. And it's, you kind of see her taking refuge in that isolation. You kind of mm. see her feeling like every time she, she strives for connection, but this is painful. But every time she ha- seems to have connections, they're taken from her yeah. or they're Shafa. Um, so oh, <laughs> fucking Shafa, my God. But I think you're right. There is this sort of idea of death and rebirth, like a cycle, because even the seasons and the civilizations has this interesting kind of concept of cyclical society. And actually, if you guys know Ibn Calhoun or Khaldun, someone will correct me when they one day listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> But he talks about the cycle of empire and he actually gives it three generations. And he says after that, it starts to decline and then, you know, it's a cycle. Some people take this too seriously. Maybe some people don't take it seriously enough. But the point is, it's a, you know, the idea of a cycle in society and a cycles in ourselves of lives of death and rebirth is, you know, like a a strong concept. And it it Mm. changes the sort of linear progressive that you usually see in fantasy or hero hero novels, which I kind of liked. No, that's real shit. And even, like, the way the story was told, like, time, it was funny, because, like, there was no, like, 
March 3rd, like, 2000. There was no timestamps. There was nothing. I mean, I think, I mean, the concept of, like, a day, a week, things like that existed. But, like, they never really timestamp anything. So, yeah. I, so when they, so when, honestly, NK was like, oh, by the way, LOL, they're the same person. It was kind of like, well, that, I mean, at no point did you ever, like, it's like it's, it was funny because it was like all these stories existed on these different planes. Like, time kind of felt like a place. Right. More than like a line. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, it, like, so I guess rather than it being like A to B to C, it was kind of like, oh, A leads to like the sub part of B, which kind of reverses back to A, which skips over to C. It was like all these different things were happening at the same time. But like the order that it was told still made a lot of sense. And like the impact of it was still And also she, she told us, I was reading the she, first chapter yeah. again and it said you at the end. And I was like, oh, oh, that definitely, oh. <laughs> and Jeminson was like, I put, I put the, just read carefully next time. And you're like, she was like, your shock and awe is disproportionate to the <laughs> amount of clues I gave you. And you're like, that's, no, that's fair. But I also thought what was cool about that is that it kind of makes you wonder if this is just a past Earth, right? Right. Because at the very end, he asks, do you know what a moon is? And I was thinking about the way they use the word fucking in the story. And, and like I said, in the last episode, it seems so out of place because they use all these other fake curse words. They use rusting and gee whiz the fulcrum, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and all these other, like, you're like, please stop using these terms. It's like very annoying. But the effort is still in there. Fucking is still in there. And so I was like, that's really weird. But then I thought, oh, maybe it for that to be the word that comes from like an ancient past is a little like silly to me and mm -hmm. funny but it does kind of give this idea of oh then is actually here and if it's cyclical what does that mean for us like are we just in a civilization with a future season to come and Ooh. that's kind of terrifying you know and, and just marcy you mentioned this earlier like when we were prepping for the show there's father earth reference in the book now we refer to the earth as mother earth and in the fifth season, Father Earth is angry and, and mad and hates the people who live on his planet. Right. And there's there's a sense that he didn't always hate the people who lived there. Mm. Um, so you kind of think, oh, what does that mean for us? We have this Mother Earth now and we kind of assume that the Earth will never hate us or turn its back on us or has no way of, you know, like reprimanding us for our terrible environmental behavior. Right. Well, we don't know that to be the case. We haven't yeah. lived that long. Um, so it was just a very cool metaphor. And I like that the fantasy was able to sort of make that time leap that really connects us to the story even further. I, I was like, I feel like this is like on the low, like an environmentalism like campaign, like protect the earth and like don't piss off the earth. And I think in a lot of ways, this personification of earth as like a body, a thing that actively interacts with us. It's like, obviously that's, True, like we interact with the earth every day, and like All you know, the time. we would literally not exist if not for this. And don't we manipulate the earth too in so right. many ways? You but, know? In, but in some ways, people see it as like this thing to be acted upon that can be manipulated and like Taking shifted advantage and whatever. Of. And it's like this, like this backlash. Because the thing is, like, I mean, Father Earth was pissed, was like, yo, fuck everybody here, bro. Like, I can't. Like, and it was just like. Although, if we really think about it, if Alabaster is the one who started the season, is it really Father Earth? Or is it all just people? people's bad behavior causing something i guess one could say that maybe you know? father earth like allowed people like alabaster to exist oh for that reason and therefore the earth allowed a species that could come that would like, mm. be able to like set off of like Kinda a like wrath how that, like, we have antibodies and it's yeah. like i guess i'll just start producing more origins to right. take out these <laughs> very abusive stills yeah that's an interesting point so it was just so it's really interesting and i just like that like 
I like the idea of like the Earth being like a character, like an active yeah. part of the story. Yeah. So like that shit was just wild. Also, like speaking of that, like I, personally, I, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I'm sure like there's people out there who are like, oh my god, like Alabaster destroyed the stillness. Like mm, that's awful. But I literally was like, work, sis. Fuck this place up. Huh. Like I was like, I was honestly, I was overjoyed. I was like, thank God, because literally like. Especially once you find out that all of his children are the ones who are, like, in the node station specifically. Yeah. Because they look for really... So the, everything that Cyanide thought was a lie. Like, she thought it was, like, these, like, really untalented people. It's like, no, like, she, like they take the strongest... Smartest. Smartest, untrained origins. Young as fuck. And then just, like, put them in these nodes. And, like, that's why it's, like... It's like y'all have y'all have the audacity to have this person be of ten rings, use him in this like reproductive kind of machine sort of way, and then like send all of his offspring like to the node station where they're like just Used like and exploited and abused and to the point where they literally have to be like unconscious for it to be like sustainable. And then y'all have the nerve to be surprised when he destroys the minis. Like, right. like go off sis, like fuck these niggas, fuck them up, like goddamn. I just oh my god, I was I, so elated <laughs> to read that. Right. And I think it it was and again, like Alabaster literally says Children will be the undoing of us. And us is not a singular phrase. So when he said us, he means you, me, everyone who, you know, you hurt my child, my children. So it's, and I also think it's so telling and kind of true about the present. And when you, when you abuse or take from people, do not be surprised when they'll burn the whole world to the ground to make up for that. You know, right. individuals feel so much. And I think we people in general, we use people and expect that to be the end of it. And you're like, and they'll be like, what? I'm confused. Like, wait, wait, why? Why did you? Why did you burn the whole thing down? That's that's crazy <laughs> that you did that. And you're like, you literally tortured Alabaster for his whole life. And you're yeah. like, yeah, but like, we didn't think he'd be mad about it. And you're like. Wow. <laughs> right. And it was wild because I remember there was a part specifically where they talked about, like, Sinai and Alabaster are going back and forth on something. And then basically, Sinai says something to the effect of, oh, but, like, but origins aren't human. Like, whatever, whatever. And then, like, Alabaster, like, rolled his eyes and was like, oh, my God. Like, origins are clearly people. That's something the fulcrum tells you so they don't have to feel bad about the way that they treat you. They treat you mm. and tell you that you're not a person. And, like, when they treat you like not a person, it's like, there's not dissonance there. And it was just like... I don't know, it's just wild, too, because I think the whole time they were always like, yo, Alabaster's kind of crazy, like, this bitch is, like, kind of, like, you know, like, whatever. And it was just, like, Alabaster was really the one who just, like, was seeing the fulcrum for what it was. In Sinai's defense, she didn't really see the Nosei. She didn't know a lot of these things existed the way they did. And I think as you get more rings, you start to get exposed to what's really happening. And, like, it's just... I mean, she saw, because when she was Demaya, she clearly saw that they... And, oh, she saw the shit was fucked. But I uh, think she uh, actually... <laughs> I, I think, to your point, like I think she took a comfort in that cognitive dissonance. I think right. she was like, I'm just going to focus on getting rings and going up in the site. Because every time I do something a little bit different from that, somebody dies. Some random... Somebody dies. Right. <laughs> and then that contrasts to when she's in Mio, which we, we can talk about all about Mio in a moment. Right. Um, when she meets Ainan and he's kind of like, you know, I'm jealous that you guys have so much control from being in the fulcrum. And she's like, Ooh, what? You, what you give up, what you have to turn your eyes away from, what you have to hide inside yourself is right. not necessarily worth it. So. And it was wild, too, because the thing is, like, you can always learn how to control your powers but you can't always unlearn the bullshit that they put you through at the fulcrum and also that even, is a word <laughs> thank you and even enon it was wild because even the way he was characterized has made complete sense he's like this loud boisterous like Happy. hella expressive super dope wildly revered it's like wow this is really what happens to this class of people when you allow them to just exist and just be who they are like they can actually like i mean yeah it's like in this sense it was like about piracy but it was also just like 
Just the fact that he was so unabashed and so uninhibited was like, it was clear as day that this motherfucker never stepped foot in the fulcrum because it was just like, you could not exist like that. Right. And, and maybe people's powers are anything that makes someone talented isn't meant to be sharpened into a sharp tool to be used mm. as a weapon. Maybe it's, yeah, it is supposed to be a little quirky and not quite refined if that works and that's fine and they're happy. You know, the question is, why are you sharpening your personality into a tool? Right. For who? Obviously for these origin, not for themselves, you right. know? So. And I think what adds another layer of complication is that like, so it was actually revealed that the fulcrum was built by origins and that in a lot of ways they kind of like i forgot how alabaster phrased it but they like sealed their own fate when they did it like when they built the fulcrum they Mm. kind of like shackled themselves to this like second class status but it was one of those things where like it was also a life-saving tactic like if the fulcrum was not built all the origins would have been massacred so it was kind of this agreement of like if we have this school that trains us that makes us better then like we all at least let us like exists and i'm just like this shit runs deep like what the fuck happened in the previous seasons like so i think honestly so in terms of like i guess like a prediction i on the low think that the next two books oh yeah this is a trilogy by the way i'm not sure if we ever said that um i think the next two books like i think they're gonna talk more about the past in a lot of ways just i agree give it context because right now it seems like kind of unwarranted like the hatred that the origins were right like it's right. just like what did these motherfuckers really do for y'all to be this pissed? angry um, or how is it you guys who don't have powers take over and control these people who have powers i mean, we know the michelin and the shamshima story but that's like one story like there's a bunch of origin like it just seems and right when you see there's a past civilization run completely on origin power it just starts to seem like what happened? And even then, the Mislam story, so get this shit. This is a gag. Because basically, that story, they reveal, because Alabaster read books. Right, and this part was crazy. This was crazy. So apparently, there was a previous season where, I forgot, like, motherfuckers in Yemenis or something or another, basically, the, like, the Sans hoes. Some of these stills. Whatever, these stills mm. that are around, like, they, like, resorted to cannibalism? Yeah! Yeah, at different points, like they would literally eat other people. And, like, it was crazy. You're like, and they just dropped that into the novel, and you're like, um, you turn like page one, and you're like, does that say? Oh, I was just gonna check for it. Yep, that says cannibalism. Okay. So he, so they literally would used to like eat other, you know, races of people. And the thing, and get this shit right. Like once the season was over, when bitches had food, when bitches had plants and shit, they still they like had it was like a delicacy. It was a delicacy eat. to eat like origins specifically. So motherfuckers rolled up in Mislam's town and like ate everyone and so he was pissed it was like understandably he was like this stillness is going to the ground this emperor is mine i'm done and so basically this so that's the part that they leave out they were just like oh yeah like me just destroyed everything and i'm like because you ate his family (laughs) oh my god and that just like goes to the power of framing narratives which we see so much today and and throughout history is yeah it sounds really bad when you take out that part about cannibalism, (laughs) Shafa. Like, maybe you might want to mention that. But no, because it suits a narrative and a need to control a certain individual. So, And then once you read that, you're like, oh, it kind of reflects Alabaster's story too. Like, if the stillness does something or a civilization does something so egregious, why would you be surprised if someone won't let the civilization last? Right. You know, that's... It's just such a great parallel. I just... And it's... It's... Yeah, I I really want to learn more about that past, which I think will be explored in the next two books. But speaking of Alabaster and speaking of origins, speaking of things that I love. The utopia. 
Ah, Mio. But so, something that I wanted to talk about in particular, and this is actually going to be my quote for the week, so let me get my book real quick. To put this quote into context, it's also a little bit long and a little bit uh, sexual. Basically, Enon, Sign, and Alabaster were in this polyamorous relationship, which is actually, I mean, aside from just being lit as shit, was also dope because, like, the way we kind of learn about it is that, you know, it's sort of said that, like, Enon is feeling both of them, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, Alabaster was, like, really feeling Enon. To the point where Sinai was, like, he asked her, like, oh, like, are you feeling him? And she was, like, oh, are you afraid that, like, I'm going to take him from you? And then Alabaster low-key got in his feelings. I was, like, no, yeah. kind of. <laughs> and, and it was wild because it actually had led to this really intimate scene where, you know, Alabaster was, like, you know, it's just been such a long time since I've, like, enthusiastically, you know, had a sexual experience with someone where it wasn't, like, you know, forced, forced, or like because of you know this reproduction, just to have my kids and all these, you know, there's terrible like, it's like clearly, notes. And it's actually wild because so this is a little bit of foreshadowing. But the first time like Alabaster and Enon had ever had sex, like it was interesting because Cyanide came in afterwards, and like Alabaster was just like weeping into like Enon's shoulder, which I never really thought about because they only really mentioned it once. They never really right. like, unpacked it. But I think when you consider the trauma of like what sex has led to in his and, life. Or even just been, like, your cattle, your yeah. breeding stock. It's just, I'm like, I, wow. I literally, so I didn't yeah. even think about that until we just thought, wow, oh my God, oh my it's God. It's crazy. And yeah. it also just, just before, right before you do your quote, mm-hmm. it also just made me think of how restrictive heteronormativity is and has become or for women and for queer POCs, you know? And that's those, those are the two people getting the most hurt who are forced into this relationship. And really heteronormativity, when it's most restrictive, is is painful to everyone. Like, it's so... It creates adversarial relationships between women and men that didn't need to exist. Because mm-hmm. when you look at Sinai and Alabaster, they would have been pretty decent friends. Like, they seem to That's actually true. jive as friends. Yeah. Um, which you kind of see, too, in the way they interact in the quote you're about to say. But because they're in this forced, sort of capitalist, heteronormative relationship, they start to hate and detest and loathe each other. And you're like, That's so unnecessary if we just allowed for other types of love, you know? Right. And you're just like, Hashtag sexism, I guess. Right. <laughs> Toxic masculinity hurts us all. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Very that. And yeah, and it was wild because their relationship, I guess, started with Alabaster and Enon having sex and then Sinite jumping in. And it kind of, yeah, and it became this polyamorous relationship. And with Koro and everything, it was just like understood that like he had three parents. And like in Miyav, like it was said that people, it was almost implied that they were somewhat raunchy. Like they like talked about sex a lot. They joked about it a lot. But like really, they were just very open and it was wild because like throughout the book i thought it was just really revolutionary that like you know it was never like oh like mm, we're doing this like queer like thing like oh like polyam like it wasn't like like a rebellious like it wasn't really like a thing they they just right had feelings for one another they just loved one another it was simple and i was just like wow like what what does this say about the world we live in that i'm like oh my god like they didn't like frame this as this like huge act or like there wasn't this like backlash of violence like that is that is the part that should be fantasy, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like it's like, right. That such violence would come out from people just being together. Yeah, oh, that's my God. a good point. <laughs> like I'm literally about to get emotional because it's just, it's just. I that's one thing I just love so much about fantasy. Like it just allows, like when you frame things in a way that's just different. I mean, right. it could be you know more oppressive, less oppressive, whatever. It really just it like shines the light on you, turns the mirror on you to be like, look, like this is how y'all work, and this right. is a mess because it could be like this and like would be fine because right. mind you. Their livelihood was still intact. 
bitches still pay their rent on time. I don't think they had rent. Actually. They they yeah, were pirates. They, 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 there was yes, they, <laughs> right. So, like, like maybe not the best example, but like things were like fine and like it but wasn't isn't a it big though? deal. Pirates men, colonial. Like maybe not the best example, but whatever. Like, like things fine. were like ultimately fine, and it's just and I just one thing I just loved is that it was framed in a way that was so positive and so like just neutral. It was, it was just, just like, oh, normal. They just, they just loved were. Each other and it was, fine yeah also i also loved how explicit their like sex scenes was because i also think that's one really lady so that's going to be my quote so basically to put this in context and i'm going to be literally reading from the book cyanide alabaster and enon had just like all fallen asleep together cyanide being one of the last ones to fall asleep and this is what happens next it reads she drifts off to sleep and a few hours later she wakes up because alabaster is blurting oh fuck oh please oh earth i can't enon against enon's shoulder and jerking in a way that disturbs the bed's gentle sway while enon pants and ruts against him cock on oily cock and then because alabaster is spent but enon isn't and enon notices her watching he grins at her and kisses alabaster and then slides a hand between sign's legs of course she's wet. He and Alabaster are always beautiful together. Enon is a considerate lover, so he leans over and nuzzles her breasts and does some marvelous things with his fingers, and does not stop thrusting against Alabaster until she curses and demands all of his attention for a while, which makes him laugh and shifts over. Alabaster watches while Enon obliges her, and his gaze grows hot with it, which Sinai still doesn't understand even after being with them for almost two years. Baster doesn't want her, not not that way, nor she him, and yet it's unbelievably arousing for her to watch Enon drive him to moaning and begging, and Alabaster also clearly gets off on her going to pieces with someone else. She likes it more when Alabaster's watching, in fact. They can't stand sex with each other directly, but vicariously, it's amazing. And what do they even call this? It's not a threesome or a love triangle, it's a two and a half sum, an affection dihedron. So I just thought that was really amazing because, again, I think especially when you talk about queer relationships in media, especially when you talk about something that's like not necessarily marketed as queer specifically, I feel like you don't really get sex things that are very honest in that way, that it's are very true. open. That it's kind of like or if you do, it's kind of like it's like very poetic and very, you know, it's like it's it, there's a lot it's, of indirectness. It lacks humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like just to have like a scene where she's just like, it's like, yo, like. Dicks was all up on each other, like we fucking like just going. It it was just like humanizing. It was just human. I was like, thank God. It's so again. I just think that it's just like so fucking dope, and I just love the way sexuality was framed. Like, yeah, yeah. So I just, mm, I have mm. only two complaints. Yes. Anytime someone writes marvelous, I'm like, marvelous, really? Like this is some Harley Quinn type, like. (laughs) Marvelous. Okay, fine. And then I was like, and she was like, what do you call this? It's not a threesome. I was like, it is a threesome. I'm like, this is an entire threesome. <laughs> this is exactly what that is, which is beautiful and perfectly right. fine. But she was like, this needs a new name. It doesn't. We have a name for it. And it's also funny, too, because even like, I mean, uh, this is just in the weeds, but like, I don't love the word cock. Like, it just, it just makes me think of like livestock. And I'm like, this is uh, not necessarily the imagery I would like in this, in this moment right now, but you know, it's fine, whatever. But I'm um, just speaking about that sort of freeing nature. I also like this one part, and we kind of talked about it earlier, where Enon is talking to Sinai and he's like, I, you know, I wish I'd gone to the fulcrum and you guys have you use your powers so well and you're so precise and I, I'm messy. I can't do it like that. You know, you're going to have to teach um, Koro. Yeah. yeah. You're going to teach Koro about how to do it. And she was like, you do not want to be in the fulcrum. And it's just I kind of thought about that and how that relates to 
going to university or being in society and realizing that knowledge is almost attached to this sort of respectability. Like mm. to to gain access to this knowledge, you kind of send a contract that says, I will now act in a certain way. I will limit myself in a certain way. I'll take on sort of the prevailing narratives that come with this this education and I will see education and when I've learned a specific way. And I was like, well, Ooh. yeah, it's like a heavy price to pay for that kind of that knowledge or that freedom. Well, that knowledge, maybe with freedom, you pay with it for it with freedom mm. and also loans. But <laughs> <laughs> but I actually had another question for you, Marcy. Yes. <laughs> Clearly, Ooh, it's too close to home. My God. Right. Yikes. Clearly, someone's bitter. Um, but I have another. Remember when, of course, you remember but when Sinai is going on the boat to Aaliyah. Yes. And at what point, when Aaliyah was still on fire for two years, did you think, <laughs> this is a trap? Cyanide, this is a trap? Don't do it, Cyanide. So, okay, so high key, okay, okay. So I didn't think it was like, I knew it was a bad idea. Like, I, like she was like, oh, let's go to Aaliyah. And like, Enon was like, girl, Aaliyah? Like, I, I mean, what's really going on in Aaliyah? Do like, we have to? Do we, like, Aaliyah? Can we just get a telescope, girl? Because <laughs> Anon had hell a telescope. He's like, I'm, I'm like, I'm really not surprised. He, I mean, I'm really surprised he wasn't just like, hey, girl. I mean, I got a telescope right here. You really want to see a Leo? Like, you we right can on see the boat. it from Miyav, safe. But I knew it was a bad idea. I knew it was kind of fishy. But I was like, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm sure this will be fine. I thought if anything, there were going to maybe be like some survivors that they would like pick up or something like that, and it would just be like this whole like thing. But basically, once they were there and she like sealed the volcano that it like randomly erupted in the past few years and like fixing things, it was. Like, again, I was like, okay, this is fine. This is fine. It's still not great, but, like, it's fine. Because even the fact that, like, I mean, they didn't even get off the boat. Like, they were like, bitch, we stand on the boat. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, Leah. We, I, no. But then, as they turned around and looked, and, like, Sinet was like, so, like, low-key, like, I think I saw a guardian. I saw a bitch in a burgundy uniform, but, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm sure my mind was playing tricks on me. Like, don't worry about it. I was just like, okay, so, like, this is clearly not great. Because the thing is, like... Alabaster tells Sinai that, hey, like, when the Guardians had attacked us in Aaliyah and they, like, neutralized our origin powers, they also neutralized their ability to track us. And so, ostensibly, they didn't know where they were. And, like, honestly, yeah. might have actually thought that they were dead. But I think, I think you mentioned this earlier, like, the Guardians leaving Aaliyah, like, kind of... On fire. On fire, I think, was kind of a trap that I didn't realize really honestly until we started talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, that would actually kind of make sense because, like, why else would they, like have a school of origins, any of whom are, like, more than capable of stealing this, and they just, like, let it rock. So I think the moment she saw the Guardian, I was like, oh, girl, this is... And then I was like, okay, I was like, okay, maybe we'll get, like, one more happy chapter. Like, maybe everything works out. And then, like, the next chapter, they were like, oh, girl, it's a fleet. And I'm just like... And we just knew it was going to end well. We just knew. We I just knew. We just knew. <laughs> like, it, it was, I, re- I just remember, and this is why I love Jeminson's work so much, because she's so great at building tension inside scenes and also through the chapter and also just through the whole book itself. So you're sitting there and you're like, it makes sense. It makes sense, Sinai, that you want to go back and fix a problem that you feel like you started, even though you did not start it. Just like it was not your fault that this Benoff showed up and asked you, you know what I mean? Like, right. Again, like, I don't know why the people of the fulcrum are not watching this child who's allowed to just wander off into the most dangerous part of the fulcrum with no protection. You know, it's not your fault th- that they made you take this ring test. It's not your fault that Aaliyah's burned down. Um, 
but it, she feels such an obligation to to fix things and and solve them. And I was like, I know Shafa knows that she will do that. Like, because mm. I, I also feel like Shafa does mention when he kills Tamei, the uh, yeah the other guardian, that there's kind of like a back and forth energy flow between the origin and the and their guardian that allows them to know where they are. And if the guardian's not careful, then they can almost become susceptible to the origin's power. Right. So I, I have a feeling that Shafa kind of knows what type of person that Sinai is. And so he built this whole thing as a trap. And I was so upset because I was like, no, just go back to the island. Just go back to the island. Just Alabaster's there. Enon's there. Hey, the baby's there. Like, this is great. Don't do it. And when she does it and she sees the guardian, I was like, it's over. Like, it's over. But I yeah. love that tension, that feeling, because it makes you really feel for the characters. And it, it's not like when you read a book and you're like, why did you open that door? You knew the serial killer was behind there. Why on earth? Or right. When they, or when they split up and you're like, that makes no sense. But here you're like, I understand why you did that. And it yeah. makes it so much more painful when things happen. Exactly. So I, I really love that about the book. And it's just wild that he can weaponize guilt in that way. Like, Ethan yeah. is so strapped by guilt that she's literally willing to just, like, redefine who she is just to, like, not be associated with certain things. Right. Anymore. And so it's just, yeah, it's like... It, it just makes me wonder, like, what the fuck? Who the fuck are the Guardians, Brad? Like, honestly. Mm. Like, I'm just like... Cause it, okay, because it's implied that they're, like... There's something going on. Like, they seem honestly, like, brainwashed and, like, kind of mind controlled yeah. in a way because, like, I forgot what Alabaster. Alabaster really, this motherfucker be dropping knowledge. He knows like, everything. he knows everything. And I'm like, y'all really need to, like, let this, give this bitch a book deal for real. Like, he needs to educate <laughs> these motherfuckers. Cause honestly, like, I'm like, just like, God damn. Cause, like, they, cause it's just, cause the Guardians are implied to just have such a, like, sinister, like, the stills don't like origins. Like, don't get me wrong. But Guardians right. have, like, this, like, particular vitriol that's like what is this and also that right. like device that he had taken out of Tamei's head I'm just like so is this another form of like subjugation that exists like right. perhaps like stills born to origin parents are like kind of forced into this like emotional mm. callousness and then like if they act out of turn or whatever there's like a similar coercion like is anyone really free and if anything who's controlling the fucking guardians right who could who controls all of this like, and they who, they do bring that up like who's who is in charge of all this and everyone's right. like i don't know and it was like me on fire <laughs> like right just address that, like alabaster just sunk into the ground from estonia like <laughs> we don't have, have time other to concerns yeah. like yeah that's a great point. Oh, my God. I have one question that has yes. I'm very upset about it because it was in my prediction and it was probably the least correct of all my predictions. Uh, but where the fuck <laughs> is Jija? Like, I oh, my just, God. Say it again. Say where it again. is he? I just, <laughs> I was like, I, at first I was like, fine, you know, you had to leave. And like, but Jija, if you are the good guy that I think you are, which I still believe he is, I was like, you couldn't have left your girl a breadcrumb, like right. a note, Girl, a note, you know, a scratch in a tree or something. <laughs> like you have her running around, really just like looking for where you are. And I was like, please, like where's Nason? Like, and I was just like, you guys are, you have four hundred pages in this book. You're, you're not gonna, <laughs> you're not even gonna like say, oh, like we, who, who was that boy she met from page twelve? Lerna. Uh, uh, you didn't leave a message with Lerna. <laughs> <laughs> a whole other person and you just thought it was unnecessary that she I was so upset because once once she saw Lerna I was like oh he's going to give us some intel that is necessary but no nothing don't know where Jija is don't know where the daughter is I was so upset about it that's real Lerna really did walk up useless than a motherfucker he was like hey girl 
girl. She was like, do you have any, um, I don't know, like details, information? He's like, no. You know, I don't know anything, unfortunately. And I'm like, why did this nigga reappear? Like, what exactly was the purpose here? Like, he's like, oh, I'm a doctor. And I'm like, we didn't care on page 12. Like, it's just like. <laughs> we don't care now. <laughs> like, what is happening? And it was wild, too, because like when Gigi rolled out, wasn't it Lerna or Rask? Someone from Tarimo that was like, oh, yeah, I saw him with like Nasa. And they were just like leaving, like whatever. And I'm just like, okay, so Gigi clearly left and like saw right. people. He could have easily been like, hey, by the way. I, like, I didn't kill Uchi, but, like, shit's going down. Just just tell, right. just tell Issa to meet me here. Like, Although you did have that great theory, which terrifies me to no end, that Jija is, like, some type of guardian. Yo. And I was like, I really Gija's hope. A gar- it makes sense. Listen, it makes sense. Because, like, everyone, like, she destroyed, Issa destroyed all of Miov. This Hoa knew where she was. Banoth knew where she was. It's you know, reasonable to think that other people <laughs> knew where she was. Right. And maybe they were doing some undercover nonsense because no one's moved an obelisk before. So maybe Jija's like, but I still have hope for my boy. <laughs> my sweet Jija, who I've never seen in the story before. <laughs> right. So we'll see what happens. And also, I'm kind of blown, too, that, like, the book literally had interludes where, like, NK would be like, oh, hey, by the way, don't forget these people. Like, oh, hey, by the way, like, it's not just beef between origins and stills. There's also, like, stone eaters and, like, other people. Just, right. like, by the, like, at no point, no point, she was like, oh, hey, by the way, like, Gija didn't kill Uchi. Like, she was like, <laughs> it was like, Gija, li- Gija literally stopped coming up. Like, it's like, I actually kind of forgot God, after a while. Was I was like, story. oh, we are searching for the nigga. Like, what? And, like, it was just like, what is happening? <laughs> Where is he? So uh, I just, I just have so many questions. This I just, where's Waldo? What is happening? <laughs> this bitch teleporting and shit. I'm like, what the I fuck can't. is going on, bro? So anyway, so that's that. <laughs> but but maybe I guess we got to read the next two books to find out. So. Yeah. And maybe we will. Maybe we'll do that later in the podcast. But let us know if y'all if y'all be interested in that. And we yeah. can certainly do, you know, some further parts on this. Maybe like our one year anniversary or something. Oh my god, yes, that'd be so cute. Right. But but that's not what we're reading next week. Yes. Actually, next week we will be reading Marcy's pick, which is Sula Yay! by Tony Morrison. Yes. So that will be the start of my book list. So we'll be talking about Sula, which is, I mean, very very different from this book but yeah so i'm super excited for that and until then you know certainly get in touch with us you know you can follow us on twitter at the colored pages you can send us an email at these t-h-e-s-e colored pages at gmail.com where you you know if you have any thoughts on this episode or like have any book recommendations or any commentary you know we would love to see what y'all think about this oh we have a twitter these colored pa- oh no you know you said that already these yeah, colored pages we got a website though yes we do have a website also called thesecoloredpages.com yes. you can see our book list what we're reading next yes 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 so but yes but overall fifth season a delectable book yeah. great book very, very gritty kind of dark but like but good but good yeah. really good I'm I'm oh oh it was worth the read it, yes it was yeah. yes it was but yes but we'll see y'all soon. But until then, stay colorful. colorful.